reading tonight from Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Breathe on me, as this, the song goes. In this particular uh, text, there's a word that kind of stands out. It's called inspiration. Inspiration in that particular, that particular word is only mentioned twice in the Bible. The other time it's mentioned in Job, and it's a little different connotation. In Job, it refers to breath. In this particular uh, in, uh, uh, interpretation of inspiration, it's God breathed. God breathed. You get the sense of that? God breathed. We, we understand that there was approximately 1,500 years of span in which uh, the Bible that we have was, was written by approximately 40 different authors. And as interesting, it should be interesting at least, to realize of the, the connection between all these authors and all these scriptures. How could you possibly, without a, a miracle from God taking place, construct any form of writing that so ties together and complements itself? Over and over again, we, we find that the scriptures, they, they come together and, and marry themselves together, so to speak, to give instructions in righteousness, one of the references here, reproof and so forth, and it's profitable for teaching. It's teaching a people how to live a godly life. It gives uh, understanding that not all people are godly and that there's a necessity of a change in one's life by repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and like Sister uh, Sylvia mentioned, it's 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 enlightening. It's all new. It's brand new, and it's a uh, uh, it's pretty exciting, really, isn't it? To know the Lord. God breathed. I was thinking about this probably for a while, quite a while, I guess, and I happened to run across another uh, a couple of other references to this verse. Another particular Bible translation says, every scripture is God-breathed. They don't use inspiration in that case, but they say every scripture is, every scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration. Well, that, that, that fits, I think. And another one says, all scripture is God-breathed. We probably don't take, uh, enough time to slow our life down long enough to focus sometimes. I don't know how you are that way, but that's the way I am. We're kind of, kind of in a hurry, aren't we? Why are we so busy? just seems to be part of the American way of life. Be in a hurry. Go faster. Have faster cars. Have faster airplanes. 
Everything's faster. Have you ever seen people that pass you up on the highway and you end up at the same streetlight side by side? <laughs> you know, they got to burn up some of that fossil fuel a little faster than you did. But, you know, we, we arrive at the same place at approximately the same time. People are, are wired that way sometimes. We're too big a hurry. But this scripture is, is very special in, in that God breathes. God breathes. We understand breathing, don't we, a little bit? We breathe. God breathes. Can you imagine God breathing? I, I, you picture God breathing over these authors, these writers of Scripture, on, on a, a regular basis because they didn't write uh, the Scriptures in one day. That's obvious. It, it, it was many, many years uh, for some writers to spend hours and hours in their relationship with God in different centuries at different times. And they were, they were hearing from God as God inspired them. And they were documenting that information, possibly even with the help of some scribes and others that would write for them and ending up with finished products. They did not have computers. They did not have spell check. They couldn't go back over it that way. They had to take time. And, and you've seen some of the writings of these, 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 these other languages. And, and we think English is difficult. It makes English seem a little bit easier. A little bit at least. But God breathed upon these, these authors, these writers. For what purpose? What, why, what was the reason for, for the Bible? Well, we live in troubled times. You read first part of, of this particular uh, chapter, chapter 3, and it's like perilous times you know, shall come, you know. I guess we know that. And it goes on and, and, and re relates some of the things that would take place in perilous times. And it's in your local newspaper. It's, it's, just, it's just the same thing over and over again. Bad things happening, terrible things happening. It's horrible. We need something to stand on in perilous times. We need something to reverse for our own personal interest in uh, living and breathing and enjoying life that is not based on the daily news. Something that is good for the soul. We need some spiritual ground to stand upon that, that will, will hold us in troubled times, in good times, to provide the victories that we each, we each need. I had to ask this question of, I just looked it up and I asked this question, how many times a day do you breathe? Do you know? I didn't know. I just looked it up. It says, we, we breathe in and out about 22,000 times a day. So that means as of, uh, as of my birthday earlier this year, I have breathed in and out uh, approximately 603 million times. I didn't realize it was that much work. <laughs> it, it comes so naturally, doesn't it? You're breathing in, you're breathing out. And it, it does something. Only about 21% of the air is actually oxygen, but that's the part that we need in particular. It, it, it just, God has a perfect design to keep the human body alive uh, as we 
take in the oxygen in our lungs, dissect it and send the, the, the oxygen to the bloodstream and the bloodstream nourishes us and gives us life. Isn't God good? You have to say yes, don't you? God is good. God is good to the young and to the old. And some of us that are even older are a little bit old. We're not that old, but we're getting there. And to realize that God is still good. And he nourishes the soul and he gives us something solid to depend on. And, and, and contemplating and thinking about this a little bit, realize that the validity of the scriptures, the, the inspirations uh, that God provided should be validation enough for us to know that we can depend on God. We can lean on God. We, we can lean on the Word of God. We can find the, the necessary uh, vitamins and spiritual minerals that we need drawn from the Word of God to sustain us on this Christian walk every day. The song that Brother Barry sang for us, how ironic, huh? Breathe on me, breath of God. And that first verse goes on to say, fill me with life anew. Fill me with life anew. There's a, a, a stirring when God even breathes on us. Maybe not necessarily that we are inspired to write. Maybe we are. Where do all these songs come from anyway? Thousands of, of gospel songs, of, of spiritual songs written obviously by spiritually minded people. Did God breathe on those people too? It was the Spirit of God, which is related directly to this, of course. The Spirit of God is intertwined with this breath of God. I don't know how you can take it apart. But that same Spirit obviously encourages and inspires and, and, and directs and says, don't use that word, use this word. Or it's, it's, it should rhyme if it's a song and so forth. All that goes into it. Not everybody has the same gifts, I've been told. But some have a gift to know how to put these things together in song or like the Bible, in Scripture. A number of years ago, I took a college course, believe it or not, I actually took not very many college courses. Took this college course. It was a quick one. And uh, the professor, it seemed like he was kind of kind of digging. This was like what 1960 something. He was kind of digging away at some Christian principles from time to time. For some reason he'd, he'd get off target here and there and I don't know why he did that, but he did. A graduate, a graduate from Columbia University, so that should be a clue, in New York City. And uh, he's a nice guy. And after a while, we had an assignment. And uh, it was a long assignment. I think it was part of the biggest part of the grade. And I, I wasn't trying to, to, to say anything. I was, I was a brand new Christian. I'd been saved like, what, four months or something. And, and so... I wrote in there, and, and I just wrote what the, the particulars of that particular assignment related to. And he, he graded it after a while, and, and I got it back. I think I got an A-, which is incredible for me. But I, I got that, that grade, 
But he I couldn't believe he apologized to me. He apologized to me. Something clicked because as the gospel, little gospel that I knew at that point, had I I, I suppose kind of kind of got a got a, a reality check for this man. Realized what he'd been talking about these six weeks in class. You know, that's that's the Bible. I couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. Inspiration or Holy Ghost conviction comes from God. When he reaches out to touch a soul here and there and wherever, he speaks right to the need of that individual. It is custom made. Sometimes you look at the scripture and you read the same scripture you read at another time and that day it clicks. It really clicks and does something to you and for you and for your good. In uh, 2 Timothy 3.14, just a couple verses before this last the verse we read, Paul's writing to Timothy. You read this book of, of 2 Timothy, it's pretty, pretty awesome. It's not the only awesome book in the Bible, but it's pretty awesome. It really is. And, and you realize how Paul was speaking to Timothy. Paul was the, the elder, Timothy the younger, and, and instructing this young minister on, on things that he would need to know. And he, he relates some, some stories in there about people that had evidently fallen away from the truth and, and, and kind of warning Timothy, you know, this is, this is real. There's people like that. They go their way. But not you, Timothy. You're going to just stay in there and fight the good fight of faith. And, and he, he relates to some of these things and he goes on there in that third chapter about all the horrible things in the, in the world that, that were then and are now. But then he kind of comes to a conclusion at the last part of that chapter. And he even mentions the fact that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. No kidding. But it gets verse 14. But continue, don't stop, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Prior to that, he was, he was telling Timothy, Timothy, you know my life. You know what I teach. You know what I've been telling you these period of, of however, however long of time he knew Timothy. I don't think it was all that long. But during that period of time, so Timothy had a chance to study Paul to realize what kind of person Paul was, that he was for real. And so he's, he's saying this now, be assured of this, has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Who did you learn this from, Timothy? You learned it from Paul, which we refer to as Paul the Apostle. God's sent one. He was sent uh, to many, but he was sent also to Timothy. We want to be assured of who is teaching us. Who's teaching you? Where are you getting your information? Does it come from God? Does it come from reliable sources? I don't want to go to this IRS business, but I think they have a thing called... Uh, 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 a source of, of information. You got your receipts, right? Your receipts. You lay them all out there. It's a, it's like a source document, I guess. 
And you got to have your source documents. They got to they got to all be agree with what you said. You know that your income was um, was only ten thousand dollars that year, when actually you know it was more than that. And you know they, where do you get your facts from? Where's these numbers coming from? Uh, the gospel's similar to that. Thankfully, it's nothing to do with that right now. But it's similar to that in that we have to know the source. Where's the source? Of your gospel instruction. Did it come from a... I'm not necessarily referring to all our ministers, but I would trust them. I would. If I had a problem or a question, I could go to them. They're not just the ones sitting on the platform either. But I could go to those people because I've received instruction from them for many, many years. And they never sent me in the wrong direction. Did I always like what they had to say? Maybe not, but I had to change course. I had to go in the direction that would lead to heaven, not in Tom's own way. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You see, this all leads in the direction of a solid place to, to, to place your spiritual feet so that your feet are on solid footing. When, when they build buildings... They, they, the parts you don't see is pretty important. You ever been up to St. Louis Arch there in St. Louis, Missouri? I think we just had a reading on that in one of our devotions. On the morning that they were coming to put those, the, the day that they were finally putting the two sides together, they had come up and taken a few years to do that, two or three, I don't remember how many years it was, but it was a few years. They had a little problem. Little problem. The sun came up. Isn't that amazing? Did you see the sun this morning? Well, the sun came up in St. Louis that day, and it was warping the one southern arch, it was part of the arch, comparative to the northern arch, which was not in the sunshine so much. And so they started, they had to put water on that, that side of the arch, uh, tons and thousands of gallons of water to cool down the arch. So they could get this thing, and then they had hydraulic jacks and all that stuff on the top to put it together so they could finally get that last piece in place. You know, man can only do so much, <laughs> even when it comes to building an arch or a dam, right? He can only do so much. It, 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 it's the responsibility many times of God's inspiration inspiring the engineers and the people and the workers so that they know what to do. may not be a spiritual inspiration, but it's some kind of inspiration for sure. It's a direction. It, it's a guidance. Second chapter of Second Timothy says this, Nevertheless, you like that word? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. You see, we can depend on it. We can depend on it tonight. We can think about it tomorrow. And we can depend on it tomorrow. That this word of God, the word of God, the same word of God. You've got the same Bible as, that I have. Maybe not the same exact Bible, but the same words in a Bible. The same book is substantiated by itself. It has stood the test of time. People have stood up for the word of God. They've stood up for God and they've given their life because it was that viable to them personally. Can we do the same?
Tonight, we have a golden opportunity again, beautiful opportunity where we can pray together, sing together, thank God together, and come before his presence with thanksgiving. We're going to stand and sing 389 and know that we're standing on solid ground.